Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Galatians chapter 4. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you for adopting us. Thank you for making us your children and giving us great promises for creating a relationship with us, for leading us and guiding us. We pray that we would understand as we read today. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Galatians chapter 4. Now I say, for as long a time as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he is master of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the time set by his father. So also we... When we were children, we were enslaved under the elemental spirits of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent out his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those under the law, in order that we might receive the adoption. And because you are sons, God sent out the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, also an heir through God. But at that time, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to the things which by nature are not God's. But now, because you have come to know God, or rather, have come to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and miserable elemental spirits? Do you want to be enslaved to them all over again? You carefully observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you lest perhaps I have labored over you in vain. I ask you, brothers, become like me, because I also have become like you. You have done me no wrong. But you know that because of an illness of the flesh, I proclaimed the gospel to you the first time. And you did not despise or disdain what was a trial for you in my flesh, but you welcomed me like an angel of God, like Christ Jesus. So where is your blessing? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. So then, have I become your enemy by being truthful to you? They zealously seek you, not commendably, but they want to exclude you in order that you may seek them zealously. But it is good to be sought zealously in good at all times, and not only when I am present with you. My children, for whom I am having birth pains again, until Christ is formed in you. But I could wish to be present with you now, and to change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who are wanting to be under the law, do you not understand the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the female slave and one by the free woman. But the one by the female slave was born according to human descent, and the one by the free woman through the promise, which things are spoken allegorically, for these women are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery, who is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is a slave with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, O barren woman who does not give birth to children. Burst out and shout, you who do not have birth pains, because many are the children of the desolate woman, even more than those of the one who has a husband. But you, brothers, are children of the promise, just as Isaac. 
But just as at that time the child, born according to human descent, persecuted the child, born according to the Spirit, so also now. But what does the Scripture say? Drive out the female slave and her son, for the son of the female slave will never inherit with the son of the free woman. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the female slave, but of the free woman. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 3, Paul started talking about how those in Christ are sons, but the law was ruling over the children until they grew up. Paul continues that metaphor in this chapter. Even though the child is the heir and will inherit everything, he doesn't get that while he is a child. He has teachers he has to obey, and he doesn't get to make decisions about what to do with the money. Today, this would be like if the wealthy parents left their money in a trust for their child so that the money would be overseen until the child was 18. Then Paul extends the metaphor of sons and says that God sent out his spirit to adopt us as his children. So Paul says that before they were Christians, they were slaves. Then God adopted them. Why would they want to go back to being slaves? Paul says keeping the days, months, seasons, and years of the old law is like slavery. Paul speaks very emotionally. He is worried that they are completely turning away from the truth. He reminds them of when he first preached to them, how they accepted Paul, even though Paul had some physical difficulties. He mentions eyes, so perhaps Paul had trouble with his eyesight. Then, contrasting that, are the false teachers. Paul says they are trying to exclude the Galatians so that the Galatians will want to follow them. These false teachers were perhaps saying that they had this great truth and they were descendants of Abraham, so the Galatians could never be as good in God's sight as they were, but perhaps they would stoop to teach the Galatians a little. Paul calls them his children. Then Paul gives them an interpretation of the story of Sarah and Hagar to explain to them what they were turning to. Abraham had a son with the slave woman, Hagar, but God promised a son from Sarah, his wife, and that promised son came, as God said. When Sarah saw Hagar's son making fun of her son, she told Abraham to kick Hagar and her son out. God told Abraham to go ahead. So he sent Hagar and her son away, and Sarah's son, Isaac, inherited everything from Abraham. So Paul says that the law of Moses is comparable to Hagar. It is slavery, while the gospel of Jesus is comparable to Sarah. It is a promise of inheritance and freedom. And now for a deeper dive. The way Paul interprets the story of Sarah and Hagar takes a lot of thought. Did Moses have that interpretation in mind when he wrote the story down in Genesis? Probably not. Did God have this interpretation in mind when he inspired Moses to write this story down in Genesis? Well, since God knows everything and he inspired Paul to use it in this way, I guess we would have to say yes. But that doesn't help us know how we should interpret stories in the Old Testament, because anyone can interpret stories as an allegory and come up with any doctrine that they happen to like. We must love the truth and want that even more than we want whatever doctrine we like. So, how can we understand? There are many other things in the book of Genesis that clearly point to Jesus, but Moses probably didn't understand what they were pointing to. 
Melchizedek is an example, where the writer of Hebrews will show that he was clearly pointing to Jesus. One thing to keep in mind is that if we base a doctrine only off of an allegory, we should be very concerned that we might be making up something that isn't there. This obviously wasn't Paul's only argument. What we can learn from the Old Testament are principles for how God works. We learn about promises, and Paul is making a big point about promises here. We learn about how God chooses people, and Paul is making a point about God choosing the son of promise over the son of slavery. So, when we put these principles together with the promises God made about Jesus and those who follow him, then Paul's interpretation makes sense. But Paul isn't basing his doctrine off of this allegory. In a way, Paul is using this story as just another illustration to help them understand the teaching, not as a proof or a basis for the teaching. God doesn't make us look through allegories to figure out the way we are saved. He is clear over and over in the Bible. But the Bible isn't just there to give us rules. The Bible is there for us to know God. And so, when we read these stories about how God interacts with people, that can help us understand God better. God doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to be a son. A son is a relationship that means more than a set of rules. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.